Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. And you know, I really wanted to skip this intro, but friends, I decided not to because this may be someone's first time listening. So if that's the case, I am happy that you found me. But more importantly, I'm thrilled that you have found Jesus. And the reason I wanted to skip the intro is I'm so excited to talk today to you about exalting Jesus Christ above all else. And I want to get into scripture verses that support that. And friends, I want you to know that there is power in the name of Jesus. So this podcast takes in effort, looks at uh, across the continuum, we journey together and we unleash discoveries of how to turn people's stony hearts into moldable clay for our potter Jesus to transform. So if you are new to this show, you will find that this podcast is built upon a foundation of biblical truth. And being a podcast occasionally, I will interject an opinion, but I try to make sure and let you know that it is only my opinion and not a statement of fact. So I'm hoping that you're going to join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, friends, people write in to me and we'll just delve into that mailbag answering the questions from listeners just like you. So if you find that you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. And if it is applicable to many listeners, I will definitely use it as part of a podcast. So friends, as we prepare to enter into God's presence today, allow me to speak a blessing over your life. This blessing comes to us in the form of a benediction. It's from Moses's brother, priest Aaron, and it comes directly out of the book of Numbers. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Well, at this point, if you have been listening to the podcast for any length of time, I do want to welcome you back. And as I said earlier, today we're going to be talking about exalting God, exalting Jesus. And we're told to exalt God and to glorify and worship Him only. Exalting God means to elevate or lift up, to glorify and raise in rank and in power. Moses' song of deliverance said this in Exodus chapter 15, verse 2, The Lord is my strength and my song. He is my God and I will praise him. He is my father's God and I will exalt him. And what about another famous song of praise? In 2 Samuel, we learn in chapter 22, verse 47, David and his mighty men sing, The Lord lives, blessed be my rock. May God, the rock of my salvation, be exalted. And if any of you know Christian music, that is a pretty famous Christian song. And we gain insight into God through David's song. And David says, The Lord is my rock, fortress, savior, protection, shield, strength of salvation, stronghold, high tower, and light. Furthermore, David names these characteristics of God. He is saving, worthy of praise, hearing, 
angry against enemies, rescuing, rewarding, seeing, faithful, showing, revealing himself. He is shrewd, powerful, strong, perfect, pure, flawless, shielding us from enemies, giving gentle, preserving, and he's even, he's alive. Often we think of David, when we think of David, what comes to mind is King David or the young man who dared to take on the giant Goliath. But have you ever stopped to consider and attempt to understand what was behind David's success? Well, one such way is to notice the kind of men who followed him during the time he was being hunted by King Saul. David gradually built a fighting force of several hundred men. Some were relatives, other were outcasts of society. Many were in trouble with the law. They all had at least one trait in common, complete devotion to David. Their achievements made them famous. Among these men were elite military groups like the Three and the Thirty. They were true heroes. Scripture gives the impression that these men were motivated to greatness by the personal qualities of their leader. David inspired them to achieve beyond their goals and meet their true potential. We all need leaders who exemplify what great looks like and ones who are secure enough to model it for our next generation. The leaders we follow and the causes we support and commit ourselves to will affect our lives. David's effectiveness was clearly connected with his awareness of God's leading. He was a good leader when he was following his leader. When you evaluate the people you hold respect for, do you know who they're following? Depending on your answer, that will determine if they should expect your continued loyalty. And how about God's leading within your life? Is it recognizable? There's no one that can lead us to a life of excellence like that of our personal Lord and Savior, Jesus. We also learn from King David that he assigned people jobs within the temple to honor the Lord's name. And if you joined in for the podcast yesterday, we explored many of the names of God and the significance each one held. And it's important to understand that God needs people of every talent, not just prophets and priests to obey him. First Chronicles outlines these positions and duties. First, there's administrative duties, which included supervisors, officials, judges, and public administrators. And then there's the ministerial duties, including priests, prophets, assistants for sacrifices, and assistants for purification ceremonies. And what about service duties? Those were earmarked for bakers of the sacred bread. Those people were responsible for checking weights and measures and caretakers also fell under service duties. And another area of opportunity existed in the realm of financial duties. Those who cared for the treasuries and those who cared for the dedicated things like artistic duties. Those encompassed both musicians and singers. 
And then there were protective duties. Those were the gatekeepers. And lastly, a category called individual assignments existed. And under this umbrella was the chief of the gatekeepers. That's where he, he, normally he, resided. As well as the recorder, the seer, the prophet under the king, and chief officer of the treasuries. Now, allow me to point out that this podcast has explored many episodes about false teachers and their bag of tricks. When I refer to an individual assignment where David Slate's seer, I'm hopeful some alarms just sounded inside of you. However, here's what scripture teaches us about this seer. First Chronicles chapter 26, verse 5. All these were the sons of Haman, the king's seer, for God had honored him with 14 sons and three daughters. We know that God will not honor evil, meaning this seer was of the Lord. While people's responsibilities differed, they were all equally important to God's plan and the fulfillment of it. It need not matter what place of service we hold within our church. We also are all important to the healthy functioning of our congregations. David was impressive in so many ways, yet he was not without human sin as well. Knowing that he was a flawed human man is helpful to remember that we too are flawed human beings. You've probably heard the mess is in your message. We must not dwell or even the message actually stems out of your mess is more more clear. We must not dwell on mistakes, carrying over grievances with us like baggage to be proud of. No, drop all of that now and vow to move forward. In my opinion, it is God who gives us the grace to see the growth over time in others as well as ourselves. Why would you or me not be afforded this same truth? Medically speaking, it's a fact that our body renews, repairs, and regenerates every cell in our bodies over time. Like it or not, we can't stop that. We change. We are not the same person that we were yesterday. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 25, Ezra puts it this way, And the Lord exalted Solomon. So the entire nation of Israel stood in awe of him, and he gave Solomon even greater wealth and honor than his father. Here we learn that Solomon surpassed his father's wealth and splendor. David had a tried and true legacy that resulted from his vital relationship with the Lord, and he passed his spiritual values on to his son Solomon. Inheritance in the form of money and power is good, but it's far less valuable than the spiritual legacy that we pass on to our children. We learn more about exalting God in Psalm 36, where David teaches us about God's faithfulness, his justice, and his love. They're contrasted with the sinful hearts of men and women. In spite of our fallen condition, God continues to pour out his love on those who know him. We learn in verse 7, How precious is your unfailing love, O God! 
All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. And if you back up to verse 5, your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains, your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your rivers of delight. And in contrast to evil people and their wicked plots that end in failure, God is faithful, righteous, and just. His love is as vast as the heavens. His faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. His righteousness is as solid as mighty mountains, and his judgments are as full of wisdom as the oceans are with water. We need not fear evil people because we know God loves us, judges evil, and will care for us throughout all of eternity. God pays attention to those who call on him, whether God offers escape from trouble or help in times of trouble, whether we are in the fiery furnace, we know that God is in the furnace with us and we will walk out not even smelling like smoke. We can be certain that he always hears and acts on behalf of those who genuinely love him. Psalm chapter 34 verse three puts it this way, Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. There is such strength and power in numbers. And when we come together praising, worshiping, and glorifying God, we are powerful. God is our awesome conqueror. He's righteous and just. Psalm chapter 97 verse 9 expresses, For you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Thus far, we've learned about how and why to exalt God. Also, what caused David's son to be exalted? But how about you and me? Is there ever a time when God will exalt us? Well, Proverbs chapter four, verse eight, Solomon tells us this, if you prize wisdom, she will exalt you, embrace her and she will honor you. One of the greatest responsibilities parents have is to teach our children how to become wise. We need to encourage our children to seek after it. Wisdom can be passed on from parents to children, from generation to generation. Ultimately, all wisdom is given from God above. If your parents never taught you in this way, you can still learn it from the scriptures. And David taught Solomon as a young boy, seeking God's wisdom was the most important choice he could make. We should seek wisdom above all else too. When we prize wisdom, God will lift us up. And the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 52, verse 13, See, my servant will prosper. He will be highly exalted. Isaiah was referring to the Messiah, our Lord Jesus. He would be highly exalted because of his sacrifice for all of humanity. 
verses 14 and 15 share from Isaiah. He gives us more insight as he tells us, many were amazed when they saw him beaten and bloodied, so disfigured one would scarcely know he was a person. And he will again startle many nations. Kings will stand speechless in his presence, for they will see what they had not previously been told about. They will understand what they had not heard about. Although the servant Jesus, the Messiah, would be disfigured, but through his suffering, he would cleanse the nations. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14 goes further telling us, for by that one offering, he perfected forever all those whom he is making holy. We have been perfect made perfect, yet we are being made holy. That's what sanctification is, friends. It's being made holy. Through his death and resurrection, Christ, once for all, made his believers perfect in God's sight. And when I enter, I'll interchange Jesus and I'll interchange Christ often. When I say Jesus, I'm really talking about the person Jesus in his human form. When I use Christ, I'm talking about the coming Messiah. I'm talking about the deity of Jesus. So at the same time, he's making them holy or sanctified, progressively cleansing us and setting us apart for his special use. That, my friends, is sanctification. In our daily pilgrimage here, we should not be surprised, ashamed, or shocked that we still need to grow. God is not finished with us. We can encourage this growth process by deliberately applying scripture to all areas of our life, by accepting the discipline and guidance that Christ provides, and by giving him control of our desires and goals. We learn of yet another way that we, God's people, are being exalted through God's great blessings to the people. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 2 Peter tells us God the Father chose you long ago, and the Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you've obeyed Jesus Christ and are cleansed by his blood. Peter encourages us by his strong declaration that they were chosen by God the Father. At one time, only the nation of Israel could claim to be God's chosen people, but through Christ, All believers, Jews and Gentiles, belong to God. Our salvation and security rest in the free and merciful choice of our Almighty God. No trials, no persecutions can take away the eternal life He gives to those who believe in Him. Peter mentions all three members of the Trinity. Now, while Trinity is not spelled out with that particular word within the Bible, we know that the Trinity does exist. As Peter says here, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. All members of the Trinity work to bring about our salvation. The Father chose us before we chose Him. Jesus Christ, the Son, died for us while we were still sinners. 
And the Holy Spirit brings us the benefits of salvation and sets us apart. He makes us holy, sanctifies us for God's service. And you know, the Holy Spirit is a person. So now today, friends, if this is you, perhaps you have never ever invited the Lord Jesus into your life. Well, today I'm going to give you that opportunity to do so. If you have not been spiritually reborn, I'm just respectfully going to ask you, wouldn't now be a good time? God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven. A person must confess belief in his son, Jesus, by professing with their mouth. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. Our sin was placed onto Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us at our conversion. While we can never repay this extraordinary and extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus, we can show him gratitude by growing and making efforts to obey him, deepening our relationship daily. So friends, if this is you, I'm going to challenge you now to take a bold step of courage, stepping out in faith and openly confess after me. Father God, today I'm repenting of sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. Jesus, I'm inviting you to come into my heart. I confess your shed blood washed away my sin from the top of my head to the soles of my feet at the cross on Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed this prayer of salvation, you were saved and born again spiritually. You will enter into the kingdom of heaven for eternity. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the Holy Spirit. And consider growing by joining a good Bible-based church to surround yourself with other like-minded believers who will help to build up and edify your faith in Jesus. Now allow me to be the first person to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your life. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk airs on Wednesdays. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you may have grown up with if we're not in the middle of a series. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, how to be joyful, and what love and action looks like, biblical trust, and many more topics. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on an adventure of all things Jesus. So please join me. And if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, ensuring that you're going to get the latest releases as they become available. And friends, occasionally I do reference my book, 
same title, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. So if you find content within these episodes inspiring or compelling, you can pick up a copy from my website at pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. And importantly, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It is full of God's word and it's waiting for you to read it. Until next time, friends, remember, you have been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. And friends, here's a side note for you. When you became a child of the Most High God, it's like you have an invisible tattoo that says Jesus stamped across your forehead. You are the property of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 22, verse 21. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you.